0: chapter twelve of grace harlowe with the yankee shock boys at st quentin by Jessie graham flower this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter twelve fritz's find a friend there was need for ambulances that night but getting near the advanced dressing stations was a perilous undertaking the huns were shelling every spot where they had reason to believe an american was stationed it mattered not whether such americans were combatants or not more steel was falling than grace had ever seen before it was a deluge on her side of the line and she wondered what it must be on the other side where the americans were laying down two shells to the enemy's one Grace drove the rest of the night through, and she drove fast, for the road was good, though fearfully congested, and under fire almost every foot of the way. Many trucks were hit, ammunition dumps here and there were blown up, and great flashes, accompanied a few seconds later by distant booms, told her that enemy ammunition dumps had shared a similar fate these flashes on the enemy's side were more frequent than those on her own side surgeons and stretcher bearers were working out at the front at top speed no one had the time to talk except to give necessary orders and these were delivered tersely vocal explosions every one of them grace barely left her car during the night by the time she had backed it up to a dressing station the doors were thrown open and stretcher men were thrusting moaning soldiers in ordinarily a man not seriously wounded rode on the front seat with the driver but there was little conversation the patient not feeling like talking and the driver being too busy watching the road to indulge in lengthy conversations shortly after daylight grace was on her way back with five wounded men none of them serious cases from a very advanced station on ground that the enemy had held the day before but that now was in american hands when she saw three heads appear out of a hole in the ground on one side of the road and duck back again She drew off to the right to see what it meant, thinking that perhaps there might be wounded men in a shell hole. Getting near the place, she discovered that it was a dugout and inferred that doughboys were in there. "'I'll give them a scare,' she confided to the man sitting by her. "'The buddies won't mind, I guess.' "'Come out, you fritzes,' she shouted in German. "'Come out unless you want me to bomb you.' She had sprung out of the car to get a better view of the place, probably guided in her action by an intuitiveness which was characteristic of Grace Harlowe. when, to her amazement, men, in single file, began emerging from the dugout, their hands in the air, their faces wearing an expression of relief. "'Fritzes!' exclaimed the doughboy on the driver's seat. "'Well, I'll be blessed.' "'What? "'Chermans?' gasped captain grace who are you from the two hundred and thirty second bavarian regiment one of the germans said don't shoot we go how many of you come out every one of you she commanded sternly i have soldiers with me She did not say that her soldiers were not even able to help themselves, and perhaps it would have made no difference to the Huns, for to her they seemed unduly eager to be taken in. Twelve, answered the spokesman. "'Line up. Keep your hands up,' she commanded, reaching for the Luger pistol that a wounded buddy had given to her to take care of for him, knowing that if it went to the hospital with him he never would see it again say girlie you're all right approved the doughboy on the front seat if you'll keep em covered i think i can pick up a few souvenirs from them before the fellows further along get a chance at them no souvenirs will be taken from these prisoners so long as they are in my charge answered captain grace you men march straight ahead so long as you behave yourselves you will be all right but don't change your minds and try to run away Forward the strange outfit was greeted by howls and yells from soldiers on trucks and afoot one group resting by the roadside made a rush for the prisoners to fritz them relieve them of their belongings keep out of this fellows these are my prisoners but they've got things on them protested a soldier so have you you see i promised to bring home some huns with me to exhibit at a charity bazaar but this is the first likely bunch i have met up with and i wish to preserve them intact added the overton girl laughingly the soldiers howled go on you win shouted one and the procession moved the wounded man on the front seat acquainted his fellows back in the ambulance with what was going on and some of them despite their wounds began to sing take it easy back there buddies warned grace remember i am responsible for you sorry i have to go so slowly but i couldn't leave these poor fritzes back there in the dugout when they were so eager to get into a yankee prison pen take your time it's worth it they called to her several times on the way back grace was obliged to be severe with souvenir mad yankee doughboys who insisted on removing the emblems from the caps of the prisoners and searching them for souvenirs grace succeeded in protecting her charges however and not a souvenir did a doughboy get from that outfit during the entire journey when i turn them over our fellows may help themselves as they probably will but i don't care for that sort of thing "'It is too much like stealing to suit me.' "'Oh, say, girlie, they're only boshes,' protested her companion. "'But we are Americans, and shouldn't forget that,' she responded. "'To whom do I turn these men over, Buddy? "'Now that I have them, I don't know what to do with them. "'Any officer can take them off your hands. "'Better take them on to the field hospital and turn them in there. "'They will make a hit.' "'I think they will,' agreed Grace." The grounds about the hospital were filled with convalescent patients who gazed in wonder at seeing an ambulance with wounded driving ahead of it a dozen German soldiers. A yell went up when the full import of the scene was realised by them. "'Is Pharaoh about?' called Grace as she drove in. "'Over there,' answered a stretcher-bearer, pointing to a tent. "'Prisoners halt! Call Pharaoh somebody!' The Belgian came out, Grace watching him narrowly as he took in the scene. The expression on his face interested her greatly. "'My compliments to Major Price, Pharaoh, and say to him that I have twelve German prisoners here and wish to know what to do with them.' "'The froggy doesn't seem to be pleased,' growled the soldier by her side, glowering at the Belgian. "'It is constitutional with him,' answered Grace." a perpetual grouch such as many persons acquire in war-time especially fritz's there comes the major better get down buddy major price and an aide were seen striding toward them he halted upon observing the prisoners looked them over curiously then walked over to their ambulance where did you get these men from a dugout on our side of the line our fellows failed to mop them up sir "'This is rather serious, Mrs. Gray. "'I am aware of that, sir, "'but I could not let an opportunity such as this pass. "'There was no one to take them in, "'and perhaps after nightfall they might have managed "'to get back to their own lines. "'No apologies necessary. "'You have done well and should be commended for it. "'I will turn them over to the first officer I see going to the rear. "'Thank you. "'The men have not been searched, sir.' Would it not be a good plan to have someone do that for possible papers, orders, and the like? Excellent idea. I'll have my aide attend to that. The prisoners were marched to a tent, and a guard put over them, after which they were searched and then marched to the rear. You have done it this time, Grace Harlowe," rebuked Elfreda Briggs, shaking a warning finger at Captain Grace when they met a few minutes later. Grace admitted that perhaps she had. If the enemy, having heard of this, should get hold of you, I fear it would go hard with you. No doubt, but I don't propose that they shall get me, J. Elfreda. I fully expect to be too busy to permit of my being captured. After that the war will be over, then nothing much will matter and we shall be on our way to America. Won't that be a grand and glorious feeling, dear? The most glorious thing in the world from the present point of view, agreed Elfreda but i don't see us experiencing it just yet awhile we shall see replied grace it proved to be a busy day for grace harlowe in her work of mercy just before dark she halted at the field hospital only long enough to sit down and eat a hurried supper after which she took to the road again and drove with all the speed she dared put on darkness having fallen grace drove to the immediate rear of the line on which the twenty-seventh and thirtieth divisions were operating and the third british corps on their left the australians and the tenth french army to the right forming a formidable front opposed to them were the flower of the german army making a desperate fight to hold their enemy back but already showing signs of a weakening morale Everything that the enemy had to send over was breaking about the Overton girl. The explosions were deafening. The air was full of dust, suffocating fumes, flying pieces of steel and ricocheting bullets of small calibre that sped past with a familiarly weird zing. Stretcher-bearers plodded stolidly through the storm, bringing in gravely wounded men on their litters men with bandaged heads staggered or crawled in unaided others with superficial wounds hurried in to have those wounds dressed after which they surreptitiously slipped away again instead of going to the rear as ordered to once more plunge into the maelstrom of battle from which many of them did not again return it was a scene that lived for years in the memory of grace harlowe and in the memories of all who participated in that night of turmoil and terror it was on one of these journeys to the front that the overton driver finding those stretcher men at hand to load up for her went into the dressing station to inform the officer in charge that she was waiting She was told that there was not a stretcher-bearer left at the station and that the bearers out on the field had, in many instances, fallen with their stretcher-loads. "'Someone give a hand and I will help, load," she offered. An assistant surgeon offered his services and together they began lifting men into the ambulance. They had placed four seriously wounded cases into the ambulance and were in the dugout out dressing station placing another on their stretcher when there occurred an explosion that hurled every person in the underground room violently to the floor stunning all and rendering some unconscious grace got up dazedly that one evidently was marked for us she stammered her face pale and drawn for the shock had been almost too much for her nerves to stand It had deafened most of them, too, and they had to shout to make themselves heard. The assistant who was aiding her got up and looked himself over, inquiringly. I surely thought I had been hit, he said, grinning through the smoke that hung in a haze under the swaying lamp over the operating table. End of chapter 12